Praise God, everybody. Put those blessed hands together. I know you might be at home right now, but still you can praise the name of Jesus Christ, whether in your home, whether at, jo at your job, uh, whether you're in your car, whether you're listening online, it doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, Jesus is good. He's good in the church. He's good in our house. He's good in the schoolyard. He's good at, good at work. Just put those blessed hands together and let God know that you're grateful this morning to be in the land of the living. Let him know that you're grateful that he woke you up into time, not into eternity. He woke you up with a mindset to come seek, seek him first thing in the morning. So we give God glory on today because certainly he is a good God. In spite of it all, God has been good to us. In spite of what we're going through, God has been good. In spite of what it may look like, we serve a great and mighty God. And he is worthy of all the praise. He is worthy of all the honor. And he is worthy of all of the glory. Do I got anybody out there that is willing to lift up the name of Jesus with me this morning? Amen. Amen. What a great God we serve. And he is certainly worthy to be praised. Uh, giving honor to uh, my Father, uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I just uh, bring greetings to you this morning. Uh, just so grateful to have another opportunity to uh, bring forth uh, the word of God this morning. Um, uh, I'm not uh, Minister Kyrie, but I'm uh, standing uh, in on his uh, behalf. Uh, we're praying that uh, he feels uh, better, and we're praying for all those who have come down ill. Uh, recently, we're praying God's strength for you and God's healing powers and mercies for each and every one of you. Uh, I just want to uh, give honor to my bishop, Bishop Dawn R. Brown, this morning. We praise God for her and the tremendous work that she is doing for the kingdom. Uh, we thank God for her just uh, always uh, holding us up and the entire cathedral body in prayer. So we thank God for her. We pray that God continues to bless her for her faithfulness and for her obedience. Uh, I give honor to uh, my wife who is online listening uh, this morning. I thank God for my wife, Yvette. I thank God for each and every one of you who are on with us this morning. What a great day it is to be sons and daughters of the King, for certainly we serve a great God. Uh, I'm going to be coming to you this morning from uh, the book of Psalms, the 139th chapter, the book of Psalms, uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, the word of God reads as thus, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works talking about myself. Marvelous are your works, God, which you've created, and that my soul knows very well. I want to speak to you this morning from, or from the, this afternoon, rather, from the topic of built different. Built different. Let us pray. Spirit of living God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, for watching over us as we slept on last night. God, we just thank you, God, that you allowed us to be here on today for this is not any Ordinary day, God, but this is the day that you have made. We woke up with our minds made up that we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, right now, I pray that you hide me behind the cross, God, so that the people may not see me, God, or hear me, but they see and hear you through me, God. I pray that you guide my tongue and usher my lips so that the words that I use may be pleasing in your ear gate. I pray even now, God, you will just begin to set the atmosphere, God, for we know, God, that it doesn't matter whether we're online or we're actually physically in a church. We know, God, you are all places at all times. And if we are to be together, we know that in two or three of God together that you will surely be in the midst. So now, God, we ask that you be in the midst of this service. We pray, God, that you bless your manservant this morning, Lord God. We pray, God, you just prepare uh, people's hearts and minds to receive with us, says the Lord. And we pray, God, that you will be glorified. We pray that you will be magnified. And we pray that your people be uplifted and, and, and enlightened on today. 
We give you glory in advance for what you're about to do. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Let all God's people say amen. Amen. Uh, so uh, the title this morning is called Built Different. Built Different. Uh, I believe that most people who have knowledge of something want to know with certainty that what they've been told or have knowledge of is true. Uh, there are certain things uh, in our life that we just don't want to have question marks about. And when it comes to salvation and, and who Christ is in our life, that is one of those things. Um, it, it's like being from the Missouri state, the show me state. I, I need to have either heard with my own ears or seen with my own eyes proof related to what someone has told me uh, or, or for me to believe what I've heard or what I've seen. Otherwise, anyone could tell me anything. Uh, and, and knowing sometimes uh, why something is or how it came to be helps us not to only believe it, but it enables us to tell, it enables us to tell why we believe it. Um, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there today that question uh, a lot of what is going on uh, currently. Uh, but what I've seen with my own eyes and what I've heard with my own ears, what I've experienced in my own life is what I believe. So it doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter what you tell me. It's my own experiences that lead me to believe to have the beliefs that I have. Uh, there are, are people that question whether or not Jesus Christ is real. But I can tell you because of my experiences that Jesus is real. He's real because I heard him call my name. And maybe some of you have had the same experiences. And when he called my name, I, I answered his call. And when I answered his call, it changed my life. I, I know he's real because he picked me up. He dusted me off. He wrapped his loving arms around me. He whispered sweet nothings in his ear gate and he loved me. I, I know he's real because when I was weak, he made me strong. And my life has been different ever since the day I came in contact with a real Jesus through my real experiences. Uh, I know he's real because I can feel him in my hands and I can feel him in my feet. I can feel him in my heart and I can feel him in my soul. Jesus is real to me. Do we have anybody that can testify to that, that Jesus is real because of what you've been through? So when we when we consider the, the, the text and we consider the author David, David in these two verses and the entire chapter express a certainty that God, that God perfectly knows him and all his ways. Psalms uh, 139 reflects David's prayerful meditation on God being omniscient and omnipresent. And, 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 and the effect that those characteristics of God has on the human heart. God is uh, omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing. His knowledge is not limited. His knowledge is not limited to what we tell him or to what we disclose to him. He is all-knowing. He has known what we would do since the foundations of this world. He knew the, 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 the choices that we would make, or he at least set them up for them to be made when he was crafting us in our mother's womb. God is everywhere at all times. He is omnipresent. There's nowhere that we can go that we can hide ourselves from God. There is a no closet that we can hide ourselves in that's going to uh, uh, remove us from the presence of God. He is everywhere at all times. So, so uh, every one of us is made fearfully and wonderfully. And this gives us an idea that we are truly special in the sight of God. God uh, knows us intimately. Verse 13 says, for you created my 
inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Before we were known to our mothers, God was forming every intricate detail and fabric of who we were going to be. Before our mothers even uh, laid hold of us, before they even rested our heads in our bosom, God already knew every detail about who we were going to be because he crafted us. When he, uh, in Genesis 2, it says that he, he took the dust of the earth and he formed it and he, he blew through our, he blew in it and in our nostrils, we had life. But when he gave us life, God also gave us the imagery of who he was. He gave us all his good traits, which was love, which was compassion, which was mercy, which was forgiveness. But we know that we uh, serve an omniscient God, meaning that he is all-knowing. God knew that he birthed us into a world that was sinful. He knew that we would be born into a world where we could possibly pick up bad traits. Come on now, Jacob, where, uh, where we were taught to lie. We were taught to deceive. We were taught to manipulate. We're being taught to hate. God already knew in his infinite, in his infinite wisdom that although he put good in us, we had the propensity to pick up bad. And, and, and what I need us to, to, to realize is that even though God has uh, crafted us from the foundations of the world and, and, and created us in his imagery, we still have other things going on on the inside of us. And, and oftentimes, uh, ourselves and other people, we tend to focus on the negative and, and have the most critical views of ourselves. Uh, but what I love about the 139th uh, chapter of Psalms is that uh, David uh, helps us to see ourselves through God's perspective. David uh, pins uh, this chapter uh, to allow us to see ourselves through the, through, through the lens of God. So, so every trait and every characteristic was crafted by our purposeful God. We are crafted personally and purposefully to give God glory. It was, it was, uh, it was, I, uh, it was destined from, from the beginning that our purpose was to glorify God. That means that I don't care what the color of your skin is, God created you to give him glory. I don't care what disabilities you may have, God created you to give him glory. It doesn't matter what your gender is. God created you to give him glory. And, 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 and in spite of the fact that sometimes we may have some, some missteps along the way, in spite of the fact that we may fall down along the way. And what, I, and what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to focus on the mishaps and I don't want you to focus uh, on the downfalling. Uh, I need you to focus on what, what Paul said in, in the first chapter of Philippians. He said, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God performed a good work in us when he blew, blew the breath of life in our lungs. God performed a good work in us when he created us in his imagery. So therefore, that means that in spite of what I do, as long as I am breathing, as long as I have, I have movement in my body, God is still performing a good work in me. That means I am a work in progress. I am a canvas that God is preparing a masterpiece on. Sometimes the, the, the pen or the brush may go off a little bit because I move, not because God's stroke 
was on, but because I moved my canvas. But every time I allow myself to be humble, and every time I submit myself to the will of God, my canvas, my body, my mind, my heart, my spirit, it aligns with God's paintbrush. And he begins to continue the work in progress in me and in each and every one of you. Because God is omniscient, he knew that we would mess up. He knew that we would make some mistakes. But what I'm so grateful for is because in his infinite wisdom, he made a way of escape through his son, Jesus Christ. And, 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 and what I want you to understand is, and, and just like with David, those things that, that, that you are ashamed of, those things that you are embarrassed about, those things that, that, that people mock you about, those things that people, those stones that you about, even though they live in a glass house, God is going to take all those things and bring himself glory because it's your experiences that's going to allow you to minister to the sick because of what you've been through. It's your experiences that's going to allow you to minister to the homeless because of what you've been through. It's your experiences that's going to allow you to minister to the grieving because of your loss. It's your experiences that's going to allow you to minister to the struggling couple because of the things that you went through. God, with, uh, with the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn it around and use it for good to his glory. If you believe that, somebody shout, my God is a good God. Being intimately known by a sovereign God means we are not hidden from him. Nor should we feel compelled or, convic or, or convinced by guilt or shame to hide from God. If this is our mindset, then that means the sacrifice of Christ uh, is not in void. We, we negate Christ's sacrifice on Calvary if we try to hide ourselves from God when we are in sin. That is what Adam and Eve did. And, and, and in turn, what we need to do is we need to not run from God, but we need to run to God. We need to not turn our backs on God, but we need to turn to him because our God is a God of forgiveness. Our God his mercies and his grace are available to us through Christ Jesus, and they are made new each and every day. So instead of running, we need to be running toward Christ Jesus. Instead of running away, we need to be running toward Christ Jesus. Jeremiah said it this way. He said, mercies are renewed morning by morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That means that every morning I get up, I have a reason to give God glory. Every day that I take a breath, I have a reason to give God glory. Every storm that I go through in my life that God has brought me out of, I have a reason to give God glory. Every trial that I endured that I made it out with life still in me, I have a reason to give God glory. Just because I'm here today in spite of my circumstances, my situations, my pitfalls, I have a reason to give God glory. And I'm not going to run from God, but I'm going to run to him. I hope I have somebody in there that can say amen and bless his name in here. God did all this because he knew me before I knew myself. God did all of this because he knew me before my mother knew me. And he did all of this not because I, uh, not because I was perfect, but because he loved me. So, so this is important because when we look at the life of David, David is the perfect author for uh, the 139th chapter of Psalms. We uh, uh, credit David with, with, with being, uh, we, uh, we often acknowledge his successes, 
uh, and, and his victories. But we don't often speak about the mishaps that David had on the throne. We don't speak about the disobedient spirit David had at times, even though he was a man after God's own heart. So if, if the man fashioned after God's own heart can be disobedient at times, can slip at times, what do you think we have the propensity to do? And this is why I love this song, because David is looking at himself in totality and saying, even though I slipped, even though I messed up, you knew me and you loved me in spite of. And you made me fearfully and you made me wonderfully. So when we look at some of the missteps that David had in the second uh, book of Samuel, we know that it was because of David that a civil war broke out because he chose not to be the leader and father that he was. He chose not to address Amnon after he raped his half-sister Tamar. And because of this tragic incident, Tamar's full brother Absalom uh, got Amnon drunk and had his servants kill him, which caused the all-out civil war to break out. Because David didn't want to, to be a father and address the, the, the nonsense going on in the family. When we look at uh, when we look at one of the other missteps that David had, because David is not perfect. This is why David is the perfect author for Psalms 139. So when you look at, at, at David and him taking a, a census of the, the, the children of Israel, God was not pleased because God had already told David that that was not what he wanted him to do. So David, uh, uh, doing his own thing, uh, decided that he's going to take a census anyhow. And because of David's uh, direct disobedience, God sent uh, the death angel over the land and, and pestilence over the land for three days. And it caused the death of 70 people. And David was so distraught that he went to God and said, God, it was me who disobeyed you. It was me who wasn't obedient. Why all the death? Won't you take me instead? But I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that even though God loves us in spite of our mess. There are still consequences for our actions. Even though uh, uh, God loves us in spite of, 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 of our shortcomings, there are still consequences when we choose to be disobedient. There are still consequences when we choose not to uh, submit ourselves to the will of God uh, over our life. So when we look at uh, the 12th chapter in Hebrews, the sixth verse, the word of God tells us, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And if you're without chastisement in verse 8, you're illegitimate. That, uh, the, the, the reason that God chastises us is because he loves us. He loves us uh, enough to, to, to uh, chasten us because if he did not, then that would mean that he could care less about what we do. That means that he could care less about the purpose that he put, put in us. That means he could care less about the destiny that we have over our lives. And that's just not the God that we serve because we know this because he gave his only begotten son so that we could have everlasting life. So the one thing uh, about God that I love is that even though he chastises us, he does it out of love. And he always uh, does it in a manner that would cause us to seek him and to repent and turn from our wicked ways. Again, David is the perfect author for Psalms 139 because when you look at David and what he did with Bathsheba, he impregnated another man's wife. 
he uh uh took the husband and put him on the front line and allowed this man to be killed in battle. So God sends Nathan, the prophet, to have a conversation with David, and he explains to David uh, through a story how this rich man took something that didn't belong to him. And, and it infuriated David so much that David said, who is this man? I'm paraphrasing. Who is this man? Because he should be put to death. And when Nathan told David that that man was him, David asked the Lord for forgiveness and he begged his pardon. What I love about God is when God chastises you, he has a way of showing you yourself. He has a way of, uh, of, of causing you to fall on your knees and ask for forgiveness. I love it because uh, and in spite of what we do, in spite of uh, how far we fall, we serve a God that still loves us unconditionally. But he wants us to be in a place where we recognize what we've done and we ask him for his forgiveness. But what I come to know about my God is that in spite of what I've done, he's already made preparations in a way of escape through his son, Jesus Christ. Paul said it this way in Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded, meaning I am convinced. I know that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us or me or we from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing that we do is going to separate us from the love of God. That is why when he chastises us, it is his desire that we repent. It is his desire that we ask for forgiveness. It is his desire that we turn from our wicked ways. It is his desire that we ask God to come into our heart, to make us, uh, to create in us a clean heart and to renew a right spirit within us. He doesn't just throw us away because he understands that uh, if we, he understands that if we could ever get to the place where we could just repent, that he would never uh, leave us and he would never forsake us. Understand that nothing about us is accidental. Nothing in our life is accidental. God doesn't simply allow us to be a certain way or carry a certain trait. Every cell of our being is intentional. Every cell of our being is intentional because we serve an intentional God. We serve a meticulous God. We serve a God that is the creators of the heavens and the earth. We serve a God that is the author and the finisher of our faith. We serve a God that is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and that means that he knows everything in between. So every cell of us, is uh, every cell of, of our lives is created with intent. We know that uh, God is too big for error. Our God is too wise for mistakes. And if we know that God, and if we know this and understand this, then God, uh, then we will understand that uh, we should have an attitude of gratitude towards God for his creation. Because what God does is God allows room for us to make mistakes, but God does not call us a mistake. Oh, somebody should get excited about that. God allows room for us to grow. He allows room for us to develop. He gives us our own free will, 
for us to make mistakes. But when we make a mistake, he doesn't discard us and call us a mistake. I don't know about you, but that in of itself should cause you to give God some praise this morning. I'm so glad that I might have made some mistakes, but he's not calling me a mistake. I'm so glad that I might have made some mistakes, but he still loves me unconditionally. I'm so glad that I might have messed up here and there, but God never left me. I'm so glad that God never forsook me. I'm so glad that he's still blessing me in spite of. So because of that, I'm going to give God glory because he loves me. I'm going to sing praises to the most high God because he loves me unconditionally. God is worthy to be praised. And the more we know about who he is, the more he shows us who we are. The more we know about who God is, the more he shows us who we are. The more he shows us how fearfully we're made. The more he shows us how wonderfully we're made. When we follow him, we are purposefully made. Again, we serve an intentional God. He's too big for error. He's too wise for mistakes. So our life has intent behind it. Our life has purpose over it. Our life has destiny surrounding it. We serve a God of intent and a purposeful God. And we were made with purpose. Uh, in verse 14, uh, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. We, we're made with purpose to bring glory to God. That is our purpose. That is why God created us to bring him glory. Each talent is to, each talent that we have is to bring God glory. Each gift that he has given us is to give God glory. Each occupation that he places us in is to give God glory in the advancement of the kingdom of God. Who we are is meant to bring reverence to God. Everything about us is meant to reverence the God of our creation. The word of God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That word fearfully in the Hebrew is pronounced yaira. It is defined as uh, bringing reverence. Uh, meaning it is defined as having reverence to honor with great respect, mixed with love and awe. To reverence, to honor with great respect, mixed with love and awe. Now, that is its definition. But we have to be honest because uh, it, it is also defined by trembling. It is also defined and given some semblance to fear. But this is not a fear born out of uh, straight terror. It is a healthy fear. We should have a healthy fear of God. And we should have a healthy fear of God because when you know who he is, you should have a healthy fear of that. When you respect him, when you honor him and love him, it puts you in all of him by just your human being, just your human nature. When you look at yourself, and look at the things that you've been through and the things that you came out of because of God, you should stand in awe of his creation. So it is a, a healthy fear. Um, uh, this uh, implies that we are fearfully made and our creator deserves honor 
respect, and reverence. That is what it means to be fearfully made. So how do we honor and how do we respect God? We honor and we respect our God by serving him. So in order to serve him, you must commit your time to him. You have to ask, how have you been using the precious time that God has given you to glorify him? Are you seeking to learn more about him? You heard Bishop and you heard Elder Fuller talk about Bible study. Are you, uh, are you attending Bible studies? And our Bible studies aren't even in person, now online. And the series The Chosen, it is a great series. We're, 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 we're learning about Christ in a new way, in a modern way, through movies, through audio visual. And we're asking questions amongst ourselves. And Bishop is asking us questions. It's different, it's exciting, and it's entertaining. Are you taking time out to read your Bible? Are you trying to get closer to God? Are you trying to get to know who he is? Because when you know him, he reveals yourself to you. So if you want to know who you are, you need to know who your father is. And because we are made in his imagery, the fruit shouldn't fall far from the tree. Are you coming to church? I understand that today we're all online. But are you coming to church when the doors of the church are open? We can't continue to make up excuses as to why we're not uh, uh, assembling ourselves in the household of faith with our brothers and our sisters. Because the word of God tells us not to forsake the assemblance uh, with your brothers and sisters. There's power in uh, us being together in the household. The spirit of God moves in the church after the WebEx service has been cut off. And you're missing all that because you're not in the fellowship with your brothers and your sisters. Uh, we, we make time for, for uh, what we want and we give priority to what we treasure. But I will tell you this, people of God, time is winding down and people are leaving here left and right. So the word of God tells us in Isaiah 55 and 6 is to seek the Lord while he is yet to be found and call upon him while he is near. With everything that's going on in the world, the Lord is telling you I'm drawing nigh to this place because I'm getting ready to call my children home. So I would admonish you to do a self-evaluation and see how you're spending your time, to see how you're serving your God. Because that's how we honor him and that's how we respect him. Uh, we honor him with our talents. There are those that God has given gifts and abilities to. And God is asking, are you using them to advance the kingdom? Those gifts and those talents that God has given us, are you sitting down with those gifts and those talents? Or are you allowing or are you giving those back to God? There are, there are uh, certain things that uh, we can enhance through education. Uh, there are certain things that we can enhance through coaching, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, singing. But when God has anointed you, when God has given you a gift, when God has given you ability, there are certain notes that you can hit that other people can't hit because God has given you something special. And can't no coach, can't no teaching, can't no instruction give you what God has given you. Those talents don't belong to you. They belong to God. And they should be his to put on display to advance the kingdom. How do we honor and we respect God? We serve him. We honor him with our body. He needs you to make some sacrifices. He needs you to make, uh, to, to, to do away with some of the self-pleasures. 
for, for, for some of us, it's food. For some of us, it's promiscuousness. For some of us, it's pornography. For, for some of us, it's drugs. For some of us, it's alcohol. Whatever it is, you know what the sacrifices are that you should be making. Even with, with myself, I, I go to the doctor from time to time, and it's always this, this one report that, that's negative all the time. And the doctor looking at me crazy, like, I'm looking at you, and you, you, you look so well put together. You're, you're not overweight. Everything is in line, but I know what I do. I know that late night, those cupcakes and those crippets and those, those honey buns with that extra ice, and I know they be calling my name. And I know that there's a, a obese person on the inside. I mean, I can't help myself. After every meal, I got to get a snack. But that's why. That's why the report is not coming back favorable. And I know I need to do something about it. You can't expect to uh, preach and teach the word of God if you're not physically in shape. This stuff is a workout. It's a lot when the spirit of God rests upon you. You'll be breathing and you'll be pumping and panting and all kind of stuff. We need to make sure that we are uh, laying aside some of those self-pleasures and, and making sacrifices so that we can honor and respect God so that he can use us to our fullest potential to advance his kingdom. We need to honor and respect God with our treasure. God has blessed some of us with some amazing jobs and, 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 and we don't even and we don't even tithe. We, 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 we don't even give 10% of what God has blessed us with. And even if we give 10%, we don't even give an additional offering just to show that, God, you've been good to me. And, God, I'm trusting you that 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 uh, that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging brave. I'm going to give a little bit more because, God, I know you're going to bless me. Not Maybe it might not be financially, but, God, I know you're going to bless me with my health. I know you're going to bless my children. I know you're going to bless my household. I know you're going to increase what you've already given me. But, but we want to hoard what doesn't even belong to us. We walk past people that we know are in need and God has blessed us and we won't even turn and give them a second look. Knowing that you don't need the, those $2. Knowing that you don't need that honey butter and that crimping. But you want to keep it for yourself. We honor God and we respect him with our heart. We need to make him number one in our life. And when we do that, we show a reverence to him. We show that we love him. And it shows that we are in awe of him. And that is how we glorify God. Uh, uh, John said this in the 12th chapter in the 26th verse uh, from the Amplified Rendition. If anyone serves me, he must continue to faithfully follow me without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering to perhaps dying because of faith in me. And wherever I am in heaven's glory, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor you. I'm telling you this because when you honor God, God will honor you. When you sacrifice for God, God will bless you. But when you give according to God and, and, and you're obedient and you're faithfulness, you will not go without because that's the kind of God that we serve. He wants to honor you. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you, but he wants to see what you're going to do with what you've already been blessed with. And understand this. In, in honoring God, because uh, in honoring God, what you're, you're doing, you're showing a reverence to him. You're, 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 you're glorifying him. You're, you're, you're loving him. You're, you're standing in awe of who he is and what he has done. And just like 
with any parent who is pleased with their child, when the father sees that their child is honoring him, when the father sees that his child is loving him, when the father sees that his child is in awe of him, sometimes in honoring you, God will sometimes put his work of art on display, being you. He said this. He said, uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That word wonderfully in Hebrew is pronounced pela. It is defined as meaning to be marvelous, surpassing, extraordinary, separated by distinguishing acts. When, when, when we look at David and when we look at Job, they are some of the greatest examples of God putting his work on display. Those are some of the greatest examples of God saying, look at my son, uh, or, or in your case, maybe look at my daughter and how they honor me. Look at how they're in awe of me. Look at how they love me. And, and when you look at David, David stood before Goliath with five stones, a slingshot, and God. God couldn't do nothing but give him victory because he was so impressed with his faith. When I look at Job, God said in the first chapter of Job, verse 8, he said to the devil, have you considered my servant? There is none like him on earth, a blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, meaning this is a man who give, gives reverence to me. This is a man who honors me. This is a man who gives respect to me, mixed with love, and he stands in awe of who I am. I stop by to tell you that some of us are going through on today because God is putting his wonderful work on display. Some of you have been going through for the past few weeks, for the past few months, or some of us for over a year. But I want you to know that God sees you and he sees your faithfulness. He sees that you're being obedient. He sees that you're trying to get closer to him. And God is excited about what you are trying to do. So now God is putting you on display. He uh, And the enemy sees this. And the enemy does not want you to operate in your purpose. The enemy doesn't want you to operate in your destiny. The enemy doesn't want you to utilize the gifts and the talents that God has put inside of you. So he's, so he's causing you to go through. But I want you to be encouraged. Stop complaining because you're built different. God built you to endure. You're built different. You can handle this. God built you to suffer long. So stop complaining. He said that you are wonderfully made. That means that you are marvelous. That means that you are surpassing. You're built different. You are extraordinary. You're built different. You're separated and distinguished by your actions. You're built different. God is in all of you. He knows that you're different. He's bragging on you. He's saying, my child has been faithful. They're built different. My child continues to worship me. They're built different. He said that anyone else would have quit. They would have thrown in a towel. But this one right here, they're built different. Someone else would have gave up, but this one is built different. Anyone else would have stopped praising me, but this one is built different. Someone else would have stopped worshiping me, but this one is built different. Someone else would have stopped serving me, but this one is built different. God says that you are different. God is singing praises to, uh, to about you because you've been faithful during the storm. God is singing praises about you 
because he knew that you would cross over the Jordan River because he, he knew that you understood that your blessings was on the other side. He knew that you had enough of what you already been through. So God said that I'm going to put them at the foot of the River Jordan and let them see what I have in store for them because I know that they're built different. They have enough faith to trust me to cross over the Jordan to obtain the promised land. I want to encourage somebody today to know that you're built different. Keep pushing forward in God. Keep trusting God. Keep having faith in God. Keep holding on to God. No matter what comes your way, God has built you different. You are more than conqueror. You can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. You are built different, and your life is going to glorify God. And because of that, God is worthy, and he deserves all of the glory. Because of that, God is worthy, and he deserves all of the praise. Because of that, God is worthy because he built me different to endure. He built me sturdy. He built me tough. He built me rugged. So therefore, God is deserving of all the glory, all the honor, and all of the praise. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise and say, God, thank you for building me different. Thank you for building me rugged. Thank you for lifting me up. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me. God, I give you glory because you built me different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, God inspired David to write these words of inspiration in the 139th chapter of Psalms. God revealed that indeed we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And it is my prayer for you today that we appreciate more the life that we have and never forget the purpose of our very existence. And the purpose of our very existence is to bring God glory because he built us different. I pray that you've been blessed on this afternoon. Somebody give God some praise.